listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello and welcome again to Occupation Station. I'm Diane Donato. Today we're talking with Sean Leland. He's the founder and chief executive officer of Elevation Oncology and he's an ACPHS grad from the year 2008. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, Diane, thanks for uh, having me on the podcast today. So what a great name for a company, Elevation Oncology. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the uh, the name before the company was Elevation Oncology. The company was called Fortiner Oncology, and it really stems from the fact of, of me living here in, in Denver, Colorado. And, you know, within the state of Colorado, one of my favorite hobbies is is hiking, and there are you know, a number of peaks in Colorado that are over 14,000 feet of elevation, which are called 14ers. And, you know, one of the things that is of interest to me is summiting all of the 14ers. And, you know, when I formed Elevation, which is a, a precision oncology company, you know, the initial name 14er seemed fitting because I, I felt like there were analogies that could be drawn in parallels that could be drawn between all of the preparation, the teamwork, and, and what's necessary to some of the peak and, you know, drawing those parallels to a patient case, you know, a, a cancer patient's journey and the challenges that they go through, the fact that they need a team around them to support them to reach the summit and, and in turn beat cancer. So that's kind of the name and the, the basis behind the name of you know, what was 14er and then became Elevation Oncology. That's a beautiful concept. Nice to know now about how the name came about. What inspired you to start the company? I feel like a lot of my journey is is about right time, right place. I was fortunate enough to be at a, a conference, which, you know, was the European Society of Medical Oncology or ESMO meeting in 2018 in Munich. And I happened to be in a a scientific presentation that was given by Dr. Alex Drillin, who's a lung cancer medical oncologist at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York City. And, you know, within that presentation, he had one slide on this target I had never seen before that's called Neregulin-1 or NRG1 gene fusions. And on that slide, he described the target, you know, as a, a rare, you know, genomically defined target that's present in about 0.2 to 0.5% of cancers, and it's a tumor agnostic target. So they had identified these NRG1 gene fusions across a variety of different tumor types. And uh, most importantly, he highlighted the fact that this target was a true oncogenic driver and that it was predominantly mutually exclusive of other known targetable oncogenic drivers, highlighting that if found by genomic testing, it was the one and only thing driving tumor growth and proliferation and should hypothetically be amenable to a targeted therapy approach. And this is very much analogous to another tumor agnostic target where two companies, Loxo Oncology and and Ignita, had developed therapies against a different target 
called N-Track Fusions and had led tumor agnostic development strategies that led to the approval. And, you know, when I saw and heard about this target, I felt like this target was analogous to the N-Track target. And I felt like this could be, you know, the next tumor agnostic drug development strategy that could potentially lead to an accelerated approval pathway. And I, I came back from the conference after seeing that slide pulled all of the scientific articles on neuregulin-1 or NRG1 gene fusions and felt even more confident that there was a, a viable concept to drug this target using existing therapeutics that other companies had developed for other potential indications or other genomically defined patient populations in cancer to where you could potentially repurpose those drugs and develop them for these NRG1 gene fusions, given the relevance of HER3 associated with the biology associated with these NRG1 gene fusions. So in parallel to pitching this idea and concept to investors, I was also speaking with pharmaceutical companies and biotech companies that had HER3 monoclonal antibody approaches that I believe could be utilized to drug these NRG1 gene fusions. So moving from November of 2018, fast forward after speaking with investors about this concept and companies that had HER3 monoclonal antibody approaches against HER3, uh, HER I ended up closing a Series A financing of $32.5 million. And then that afternoon, we closed an asset purchase agreement with Merrimack Pharmaceuticals to acquire serabantamab, which is the potential best-in-class HER3 monoclonal antibody. So on, on July 12th of, of 2019 is when I formed Elevation Oncology, and, and really it was formed to be able to cater to this rare genomically defined patient population with NRG1 gene fusions, and now we're in the process of expanding the pipeline to cater to other genomically defined patient populations with cancer to create an industry-leading precision oncology company. You accomplished so much in such a short time. That's really amazing. And then you even further went and took your company public, wondering how and if that has changed your role within the company now. Yeah, it, it has, you know, not so much changed my my role, but, you know, I think, you know, private companies tend to operate, you know, quite differently than publicly traded companies. You're you know, tending to cater to a, a different group of investors. And I also think when you think about what you are, are able to disclose or what you are required to disclose based upon, you know, SEC guidance and regulations, those are the things that change. So you need to build out, you know, a lot more infrastructure to support being a publicly traded company as opposed to being a, a private company. So I think those are some of the bigger changes that we've seen is making sure that we did this even leading up to the IPO financing, making sure that we had the corresponding infrastructure in place to support being a, a publicly traded company. And then, you know, obviously for us, it's working to grow the company, you know, to build out the pipeline, to create kind of that image and persona of being a industry-leading precision oncology company. Sean, we want to ask you a little bit about the growth that brought you here personally and a little bit about your time at 
ACPHS and some lessons learned along the way. We're going to get those answers in just a couple of moments. But first, we want to take a quick break for a message from ACPHS President Dr. Greg Dewey. Hi, Greg Dewey. I'm the president of Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. Many of our students will go into community pharmacy. A lot of our students go into hospital pharmacy. There is a small but significant number that go into the pharmaceutical industry. And this is an industry that is seeing some really exciting changes uh, and changes that have created real workforce needs within the industry and needs which pharmacy and health sciences students are specifically suited to approaching them. Historically, in the history of the pharmaceutical industry, everything was about natural products that were small molecules that ultimately could be synthesized. So aspirin comes from willow bark. You don't extract it from willow bark anymore. You synthesize it in organic chemists, synthesize it in the lab or Tylenol, the same thing. In about the 70s and 80s, when biotechnology came in, that all began the change. And what we've been able to do is to engineer genes to and insert them into microbes, either bacteria or yeast, and have them produce proteins, very, very large molecules that your body usually produces on its own and make medications about that. So the whole small molecule organic synthesis stuff, while that is still important, we're seeing now this major shift to what we call biopharmaceuticals. Most common example of biopharmaceutical is insulin. So this is the whole biotech hitting the pharmaceutical industry. And you need someone with a very unique training that can handle both the manufacturing sophistication but also the science. So manufacturings are changing dramatically. Our PharmDs, uh, because they know the importance of formulation of a drug, depending on how a drug is formulated, it can be more effective or less effective. They know the importance of sterile conditions. So they're very well suited for that. And so we're building a curriculum to give them entree into that whole new area. Welcome again to Occupation Station. I'm Diane Donato, and today we're talking with Sean Leland, the founder and chief executive officer of Elevation Oncology. We've been talking a lot about the company. I want to talk a little bit about Sean Leland now. And uh, when you first started at ACPHS, what kind of career maybe you envisioned for yourself? Yeah, so I mean, I think when I started at ACPHS, I was working, you know, in community pharmacy, done quite a bit in the community pharmacy setting. But as I advanced my career and got into the more advanced pharmacy courses, I found myself developing a a passion for clinical pharmacy. And, you know, really my focus, you know, after seeing, you know, my dad battle diabetes and and heart disease, you know, over my my latter years in high school and, and during my time at ACPHS and beyond, I had a inert passion for cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and, and critical care. So, you know, when I had come to ACPHS and as I, I worked through my, my journey through pharmacy school, really my interest was driven in terms of being a clinical pharmacist with kind of a passion in those areas of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and, and critical care. And I think where my career quickly changed uh, was it happened to be on my first clerkship rotation where I was supposed to do a rotation with a cardiologist in Syracuse, New York. And I found out about two weeks before that rotation that that cardiologist was was leaving his practice and that um, he was not going to be able to take me as a student. And 
you know, at the time I, I went back to the clerkship director and asked to understand kind of what my other options and, and alternatives were. And the two options that were provided to me at the time was to, to do another community pharmacy rotation, or they also had this inpatient acute leukemia rotation at Roswell Park Cancer Institute out in Buffalo, New York, which you know, is the first NCCN accredited cancer center and just a phenomenal institution for treating cancer patients and corresponding research. So I decided to take that opportunity, and, and that's where I really found this passion and, and fell in love with you know, what was being done for patients with cancer because it wasn't just what we had learned in, in pharmacy school. It wasn't just treating patients with standard of care. Every patient was being evaluated for a clinical trial or being considered for a bone marrow transplant. And I love the innovative aspect of research and development and being able to provide additional options for patients beyond just treating them with, with standard of care chemotherapy or chemoimmunotherapy or immunotherapy alone. So that's really what kind of drew my passion and kind of moved my passion away from cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and, and critical care to the field of, of oncology. That speed of research and innovation just was such a driver for me from an intellectual standpoint and is where my passion has been for the past 10 plus years of, of my career and also even my, my last year of, of pharmacy school in terms of clerkship rotations. I think it's amazing how many people you are helping and potentially will help. It's really an inspiration. We, of course, speak to a lot of students, and they want to know different things about how people were able to achieve such incredible results. What would you say are some of the most important lessons that you've learned in your career? Some of the, the most important things that I've learned in my career is, you know, I think first and foremost to work hard. I mean, I think you, if you're looking to grow and advance your career, you have to be a lifelong learner. And it's not just what did I learn in, in pharmacy school and going out and applying that. That's a great foundation. And the education that I received at ACPHS provided me an unbelievably sound foundation of clinical practice, clinical pharmacy, and, and that aspect, but you need to continue to be, I think, a lifelong learner if you want to continue to advance your career, whether that's in the field of community pharmacy, clinical pharmacy, hospital pharmacy, or even in industry in pharma and biotech. So I think working hard and being a lifelong learner is, is a really key component of my success to date. And, you know, I would also encourage people, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is you need to find things that you're passionate about. No one wants to get up in the morning and wonder why they're going to work. Like you should get up and wake up every morning and be passionate about what you're doing. And I think I, I, I wake up every morning, you know, as the founder and CEO of Elevation, and I could not be more passionate about what we are doing. This ability to be able to help patients that have exhausted all of their therapeutic options and to be able to provide to them hope that there's something else out there, something that could potentially change their lives. There's nothing else that I, I, I could not be more passionate about than waking up every day to be able to do that. So those would be you know, two of the key things that I think have been critical to my success and career 
that I would look to share with others to to push them to strive for and, and find something that puts them in a position to desire to be a lifelong learner, as well as being in a position that they are they're passionate about each and every day. And if you could change anything about your education, uh, your training along the way, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, as I shared, I, I, I could not be more pleased about the education that I got at, at ACPHS. I mean, I think back to my time of that last year of pharmacy school where I'm on my clerkship rotations and I knew nothing about pharma or biotech or what industry looked like. I feel like everything I had learned in, in pharmacy school was really geared towards being a community pharmacist or being a hospital-based pharmacist or being a, a clinical pharmacist. Like those were kind of, you know, the three potential trajectories and opportunities that came into play after pharmacy school. There was very limited knowledge and very limited opportunity or awareness associated with jobs or careers in the pharmaceutical industry um, and in the biotech community. So, I mean, I think having a, a greater emphasis and, you know, helping pharmacists understand that there's more than just those three avenues, that their skill sets, and in particular, the skill sets of someone with a PharmD background are very well positioned to be utilized at a, a pharmaceutical biotech company is something that I would have liked to have, have learned more about. Um, I was fortunate enough in my my clerkship rotations to do an industry rotation with with Pfizer, with a, a medical science liaison, you know, health outcomes liaison out in the field. And that was really my my first true exposure to industry and what the opportunities may look like there. I also had some exposure to industry during my rotation at, at Roswell Park Cancer Institute, where there were external scientists from companies and clinicians that were coming in that were working for pharmaceutical and biotech companies that were giving presentations. So those types of things during my clerkship allowed me to become more aware of those opportunities. And, you know, I went into the ASHP mid-year conference where I initially thought I'd be applying for PGY-1 and PGY-2 residency opportunities to pursue your clinical pharmacy path. And after having done the rotation at Roswell Park and learning more about industry and doing the rotation with Pfizer, I found myself applying for pharmaceutical industry fellowship programs where I was fortunate enough to get into the Rutgers Pharmaceutical Industry Fellowship Program and do a, a fellowship in oncology medical affairs with, with Bristol-Myers Squibb, which was kind of my first soiree into the pharmaceutical industry. So I think the only advice and the only thing I would really change is being able to have kind of a broader exposure to more than just the quote-unquote traditional pharmacy path and also understanding what other career opportunities may exist for pharmacists beyond those traditional pharmacy paths. Which, with feedback from former students like yourself and feedback from pharmaceutical industry leaders, has actually led to ACPHS to create the Stack Family Center for Biopharmaceutical Education and Training and then provide more of those avenues. Sean, you are truly inspirational, and I think we're all going to be watching to see what you come up with next at Elevation Oncology. It's very fascinating, and we wish you all the success in the world and look forward to what happens next. Sean Leland, founder and chief executive officer of Elevation Oncology, thank you so much for taking your time with us today. 
Sounds good, Diane. Really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, thanks for taking time as well to speak with me. For more information or to schedule a tour, visit acphs.edu. You can tune in to all of our informative stories at acphs.edu forward slash podcast. Each podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart, giving you the opportunity to listen from a mobile device. Mark Occupation Station as a favorite, and you'll receive push notifications as soon as we publish something new. Occupation Station is also a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, the largest podcast content directory dedicated to the business and profession of pharmacy.